and welcome to another episode of the Portable Magic Dispenser. My name is Lucas Maxwell. I'm the host here always, and um, this is a podcast for your school library, public library, whatever. And today I'm going to talk to you quickly about setting up a mock trial slash debate team in your library. And I've been doing this now for five years maybe six years, I can't remember. Um, it's a huge amount of fun, huge amount of work, and um, but something that, again, every theme, every single episode of this podcast, the theme is creating memories that students will enjoy when they look back on their lives, because that's all we've got, I think, in the end. Um, the sad reality is that it, uh, eventually, if we're if you're if you're lucky, if you're lucky, you're going to be sitting in a, in somewhere as an old person trying to remember the things <laughs> that made you happy. If you're lucky, uh, not so much. That might not happen for everybody. That's the sad reality. If you're one of the lucky ones, you're going to be dying somewhere thinking back and that is bleak but that's the way it is and I'm not saying that um, these are going to be memories they're going to remember on their deathbed but I think a lot about my experience in high school and they're not good Uh, I'm trying to be more empathetic with those people those adults that were supposed to be adults in my school uh, but it's very hard to be empathetic because I know how I act in this in this, this school and it's the polar opposite of how those people acted um, so I think that if you can do something where they will then look back and go somebody gave a rat's ass about me and gave a, and cared about my well-being and wanted me to have a fun time. The UK doesn't really like to, students to have fun in school. Um, they're obsessed with assessments. They're obsessed with examinations. Uh, the UK, I'm not making this up, the UK's teenagers are some of the most depressed and anxious in, in all of uh, Europe. So that's uh, something to look forward to, kids. Um where was I? <laughs> Mock trial debate. Uh, we're having fun today. This is a fun, light one. Uh, the mock trial, we run the mock trial through something called Young Citizens. We don't run it through them. They run it. They are a charity. They're a they're a really great organization. Uh, young Citizens. You do pay a fee. I believe we pay £55. I could be wrong on that. We do the year nine magistrates mock trial. You can do older years, but we do that. And I believe it's open for year eights now, but we do year nine. I think it's a good uh, thing to start. And how it works is if you've never done it before, and if you have done it, I apologize. This is going to be, you know, this might later, don't worry, later in this episode. Fast forward 10 minutes and there might be some useful stuff. <laughs> um, uh, what was I going to say? What was I saying? Um, 
the mock trial is through the young citizens and they give you a case uh which is really cool so the case we've got this year i don't, I don't know if i yeah i think i can talk about it uh no i'll do another one the case we had one year was a man was or not a man a person because they do um all of the names that they give you because students have to play these roles all of the names are usually gender you know fluid gender neutral they can go either way um and they of course you can the students are allowed to say whatever pronouns uh, they want of course but um we uh the case was a person was found in public with a with a bladed article so in the uk you're not allowed to have a knife that's a certain length i forget what all what the length is so this is a long time ago but what happens is you're given the case and you're given these roles. I recommend getting about 14 students, okay? Uh, and that's a lot, really, but that's what you need. You need 14 students. And the thing to keep in mind, so when I first started, I think I was like, what students would, would like get the most out of this? Which would also have fun with it? What would get... And your brain automatically goes to those who are maybe good at English. But that doesn't mean very much here in the mock trial, in my opinion. This is an acting gig. So I now go completely to drama, the drama department. We have a great, we're lucky. We have, we're a performing arts. We're a state school, but performing arts is very much a big part of it. So we're extremely lucky. So the, the drama department are amazing, and I've worked with them very closely for the last nine years. And they help us with this as well, which is really cool. So um, we look for drama students, really, because this is a drama gig. Now, there are three roles in that, three magistrate roles that don't require so much public speaking. Those That's where you can get the, the ones who are good at debating, the ones who are good at writing, the ones who are good at critical thinking. And I always pitch it to them like very bluntly, like, this is acting. And if you're not an actor, if you don't think, if you're not comfortable acting um then you we will find you a different role or it might not be the right thing for you uh but also you want to give them the opportunity to act you want to give them the opportunity to like prove themselves and have fun um but some some realize very quickly that this some standing in public is not in speaking and they they don't want to do it and that's fine they don't have to so there's those three roles um the magistrate's roles there's also a court reporter okay and a court artist. None of those require any speaking at all. Uh, there's also the usher, who has to do a few things of speaking, but n- not so much. And so, But they're very important roles, but their speaking is a bit limited, which some students are very comfortable with. Then you've got two defense lawyers, two defense... Uh, two defense lawyers, two defense witnesses, and that includes the defendant two prosecution lawyers and two prosecution witnesses and a legal advisor. All of them require actors um, and acting uh, skills, <laughs> in my opinion. Especially, well, all of them, but especially the witnesses because when you go up in the competition, it, what's really cool is you, you compete against students from another school and you have no idea what they're going to say what the other team is going to say against you, you can only anticipate. They have the same case as you, of course, but you can only anticipate what they're going to say. So 
how it works is the case you're given, you're given the you're given the details of the case, and each witness is given a witness statement that they've provided to the police. Your what I do is I give them these statements so for each witness and to their lawyers, and I say know this like the back of your hand. It's usually a page long, maybe 500 words long, maybe less than that. And it tells, it, it gives away little hints and details about the case. They have to know, they have to become this character. It'll provide their address. They need to know that by like the back of their hand, like their own address. It gives them their birthday. They need to know their age. It gives them their occupation. They need to do all, they need to become this person. Um, then once they've done that, then we write a script. My colleague and I write a script in the library, and um, th- no other school has these scripts. Okay, we write it, but then it then it changes. It constantly changes because the students kind of mold it into their own, and then we rehearse. So the script again, the students sometimes think, "Oh, every school has a script." It's like, no, this this is unique to us. That's fine. So the the lawyer, the prosecution lawyer, when they speak to the prosecution witness, they do something called an examination in chief. And this is where you can be very soft and very kind to the witness because this is your witness. You are trying to prove something. And on the day of the competition, you will be competing. uh, You will be speaking to that actual student. That, That lawyer will be speaking to that student, to that witness. The trick is, so then they can write, you can write whatever you want and they will do it. And they'll do the exact thing, exact same thing. But the trick is to make it sound on the day like it's the first time they're hearing it. So that's where the acting skills come in. Um, you need to make, and they need to make it their own, and they need to make it sound natural. Then the prosecution witness will be cross-examined by the defense lawyer. Now we can say, "What do we think?" the other team is going to ask them. This is where you can be very aggressive. You can try to put words in your mouth. You can try to trip them up. You can try to ask leading questions. You can call them outright liars and then have backup. When you're doing the examination in chief, you're not allowed to ask leading questions. You can ask things like, how did that make you feel? What happened next? How has this whole situation uh, made you feel? Always asking about emotions in that way, not putting any words in your mouth, in their mouth. You wouldn't say, how did it make you feel when Mr. So-and-so punched you? If it's in question, if a punch was even thrown, you can't say that kind of thing. But you can say it as the ex- a cross-examination. You can say outright, like, you're, you're unreliable, aren't you? You're a liar. Uh, all that stuff can be said. And this is what kind of makes it fun as well. But that's why you need to be an act, uh, an acting gig. So once all the lawyers have done examination chiefs and cross-examinations of the witnesses, you've also got uh, speeches. So at the top, the prosecution lawyer will do a four-and-a-half-minute speech. And we write that out. And again, they mold it to their own, and they put it on revision cards or recipe cards. That's how we do that. And that's because I don't want, we don't want the judges seeing the students reading from a big piece of paper. It just looks sloppy. It looks bad. It has to be on revision cards. 
How it works is the lawyer, when they do their speech, has to make eye contact with the magistrates. Scanning, there's three of them. They kind of scan, boom, 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 back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Looking down at their nose quickly, looking up. Four and a half minutes. Going over those four and a half minutes, I tell them right away it's a death penalty. No pun intended. Uh, They cannot go over because they start to lose points. So they have to be way under. They don't get interrupted. There's no interruptions like in a debate. But uh, I'm going to talk about debate in a minute. But... um, they just have to make eye contact. And when the witnesses are being questioned by the by the lawyers, this is a very unnatural thing to do, but they have to do it. The lawyers ask them a question. The, the witness receives the question, looks at the lawyer, then turns their body and answers by looking at the magistrate's. Again, this is kind of an unnatural thing to do because they aren't the magistrates aren't asking the questions. The whole time the magistrates have to be taking notes, paying really close attention because they're being judged on how they're doing this. We got huge a huge advantage one year over another school because I looked over and I know the judges were looking over and one of the other so there's three magistrates on our team, there'll be three magistrates for the other team. One of the magistrates for the other team, unfortunately, had fallen asleep. And that's just, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but uh, poor Katie probably was exhausted. But this is the way it is. He had fallen asleep in the courthouse. And they they marked him down. And once all of the lawyers had done all this, the legal advisor then sums up the case. In a real magistrate's court, the legal advisor is the expert. Anybody can be a magistrate. I can be a magistrate right now. You don't need to know anything about law. Anybody over the age of 18 or 18 and up can be a magistrate here in the UK. And you take on these cases. The legal advisor is the is the lawyer, is an also a lawyer who knows the law inside and out. And they summarize the case for the magistrates. Remember what happened. Consider this point. Consider that point. And they have a few minutes to do that. And again, on revision cards, making eye contact up at the magistrates. Um, remember the law. Remember your duty. They, it's just a full-on summary of how of what just happened. They have to take notes on the fly, especially if the other team does something drastically different. Okay, uh, and this all this takes place in a real courthouse on the day of the competition, which is a huge amount of fun. Um, absolutely, uh, really love it. So when that happens. Uh, when that is done, the magistrates then go off in another room with a real magistrate, like an adult magistrate, and judges, not not court judges, but the judges of the competition, to do a debate. Fourteen minutes. Nobody sees it other than the magistrates and the and the and the adult magistrate. So it's three of our students against three of their students, and they debate guilt or innocence. Now this is where it gets tricky because if our team in that round are defending so we're trying to make sure that the defendant is found not guilty it doesn't mean that our magistrates just sit there and go not guilty is obviously not guilty if the case points have been presented in a fact that make it show that he that he or she or they are guilty then we should say they're guilty um there's nothing wrong with that losing the case outcome doesn't mean we've lost the round you don't lose points because of guilt or innocence. You lose points if you go over time, if you ask leading questions, if you're not prepared, 
if the usher doesn't do their job, if the legal advisor doesn't sum up the case properly, if they stumble, uh, if they're not clear, uh, anything. All these things to take into account. So losing the case doesn't mean anything. We've, we've lost every case and then won the whole thing. And we've done really well with this kind of format because we came second in the country one year. Um, we were uh, in London. We came 10th in the country in Birmingham uh, in the national finals. Um, we were on our way to the Old Bailey in national finals, and then the pandemic shot everything down. We won national finals last year virtually, uh, which was a lot of fun. So that's those are the types of things that we've done that have really helped us. So... And then it's rehearsing, 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 rehearsing in the library as much as possible before school, break time, lunch time, after school, little bits here and there. Get a get a lawyer and a, and a witness together to run over the examination in chief. I, as the teacher and my colleague, we create lists of possible cross-examination questions that aren't in the script, and we throw these out randomly at them uh, because on the day of the competition – it's a complete crapshoot as to who, what they're going to say. The whole thing, each case takes about 45 minutes. You do it twice because your defense team goes up against the uh, uh, prosecution team, and then your prosecution team goes up another against another school uh, on, on their defense team. It's called Young Citizens uh, Magistrate Court Competition. I cannot stress it enough. The Court Artist Competition is a kind of like a separate competition, but it's really cool. They have to, you, you may know what, court artistry looks like you see though i've seen i used to watch them on tv when i was a kid you'd see them on tv anyway and those are really cool uh to do and they get to submit them as is the court reporter they get to submit their it's like a newspaper article and there's separate prizes for those uh it's just a huge amount of fun and in the past we've taken them to the to actual courthouses before the competition to see how a magistrate court works and we do it with older groups. In the older groups, you do the bar mock trial, which is uh, you get more serious cases. Older students get the uh, the more serious cases, which are great. And again, um, I absolutely love it, so I recommend doing it. The debate, we do the debate team. There's only three students who take part in our debate team at the moment, so it's very small. But you can open it up to more. But we do one through the English-speaking union here in the UK, and that's a lot of fun. Again, I think it's like a 45-pound fee to do that. And my device with the debate is to, if you get the, if you are the whatever team, say you're the proposing team, you, you're given the motion, you're given the, the topic. Um, let's say it's um, the UK would ban the sale and consumption of meat. I know that's one that's coming up. And you are proposing it. What I do as a teacher is I write a pretend fake speech that I think the other team might say. And I get our students to throw what they call points of information at me. So I get a seven-minute speech. Um, I rebut what the other, what my own team has said, my own students have said. And then I get them to interrupt me with points of information. And that's when... In debate, when you're standing there talking, doing your speech, another student from the other team can go, point of information. And you as the speaker can say, accept or deny. Now, if you deny every single one, you lose a lot of points. If you accept too many, it disrupts your own speech, then you lose points. You have to be quite careful. I would say accept between two and three, 
but you have to keep very close eye on time. Going over time, very, very serious. So, But I get them to think of points of information on my speech. I have no idea if that's what that student is going to say on the night, of course. It's another team. It's another person. But it's an idea, okay? They have to – they will probably touch on some of those things because there's only so much you can discuss, all right? Then, of course, it's about research. Um, Your students need to research the topic and be current and be succinct. Um, Speaking fast isn't necessarily the good thing, but you can get a lot more information in a course, obviously. The thing is, you have to take into account points points of information, these interruptions. So what I say is to my students is like, make a speech that you can speak clearly, rapidly, but not too fast with emotion and try to keep it around four and a half minutes. You have seven minutes, but you need to do a one minute rebuttal. I say one minute, it doesn't, there's no requirement, but I say try to rebut maybe for a minute. Uh, So there's five and a half minutes and then you're gonna be interrupted, hopefully. We have instances, have had instances where our students have never been interrupted. And that looks bad on that team, not us, because it's not our fault. But um, the thing is, um, if once the so you have your first minute of speaking is completely protected so that's why I say use that for the um, rebuttal get your rebuttal out of the way uh, show tell the judges why what the previous group has said is, is wrong or it doesn't work and then launch into your speech if they when the bell goes for the end of protected time and they immediately point of information you I say reject that. I think that's bad kind of uh, – I think it's considered um, bad form or whatever, um, not very polite thing to do. You should reject that and then accept the next one. And I would, I always say say accept two to three. Um, so, key, so that four-and-a-half-minute main speech then becomes a seven-minute speech because you're being interrupted and you've got your rebuttal, et cetera. It just gives you a little a lee, leeway. So no more than four-and-a-half minutes. Um because it's too too much otherwise and you could get yourself into hot water so researching it constantly throwing out points of information that they haven't heard yet is also very helpful and we re- we rehearse constantly also you have a student who's who should be the summary speaker that is very tricky because they need to take questions from the floor they don't know what these questions are going to be and they don't know what the other team is going to say. So what I, again, what I do is I try to I write these speeches up that tr- that show them uh, what what I think they're going to say, and then the students can write a, a framework summary speech that's no more than five minutes. It's not interrupted, but they need to show they need to do a complete recap, say why they've done better. These are the things that have helped us. We did really well. We almost made it to the uh, national finals in. The debate team last year it was all virtual um i'm really hoping this year that we can move on uh because again it is a huge amount of fun and the students who took part last year still are in the library all the time and they talk about it all the time and they really liked it so memories <laughs> positive memories uh that's it for me and i hope you do form a debate team or a mock trial team because they are really worth it Uh, Thank you very much. Talk to you soon.